Welcome back to the Rhubarb and Custard podcast. I'm Jojo Smith, aka Rhubarb. And I'm Rosie Wood, aka Custard. This podcast is all about business, branding, confidence and wonky crowns. It's a safe, unapologetic space for business owners and wannabe business owners. If you want to take part in the conversation and help us figure out whether rhubarb is in fact a fruit or a vegetable, you can find us on Instagram at underscore rhubarb and custard. Either way, we're good for you. So welcome back to the Rhubarb and Custard podcast. I don't know which episode we're in now, maybe seven, I think. (laughs) So this episode uh, is called Fearless Connection and we're going to take a little bit more of a deep dive into what it actually means to brand you, to have an authentic brand, to have a brand that is an extension of you and that you feel really connected to and amazing to show up in. Because I know that we chatted about it last week with our fabulous guest, Danny Wallace, uh, but we felt like it was a subject that needed some more. So Joe, how has your week been? Let's have a little catch up first. I've had a very sassy week. <laughs> it's been full of connection <laughs> so, and it's been very fearless as well. Um, we are on episode seven and seven is actually my one of my lucky numbers. Is it? So I'm looking forward to this week's episode. Yes, we had the fabulous Danny Wallace on. How fab was that, by the way? And we've hit one of, you know, another target in our downloads. So that was really cool as well. But fearless connection, what do we mean by it? The catch up this week. Rosie, you threw your knickers in a suitcase. (laughs) I wasn't sure that you had any clean ones. You were fearless and you got in a carriage that I sent you to come to Birmingham. Yeah, I did. What a week. I know. (laughs) I know. So Thursday was the relaunch of Inspire and Connect, which if you haven't heard of it, is a fabulous networking business with meetings all over the country. Um, And they had their relaunch. So to celebrate coming out of lockdown and being able to take their meetings back in person again, they had a bit of a relaunch party, which totally wasn't on my radar at all, particularly, because as you might know, I'm down in Devon. Uh, Joe is up in Birmingham, as was this party. And Joe was speaking not really on my radar. And then the day before I decided that I was going to sign up as a leader for my local area. And I messaged Joe to say, look, I've done a thing. It's really exciting. And she got all excited and was like, right, you are coming this evening to the party. Um, And it just so happened that that day of all the possible days, uh, her husband or yeah, her hubby was in. um, Not actually my hubby. Um, but for the sake of this conversation (laughs) was in uh was in Plymouth and she was like just go and stand in Primark with a suitcase I'll tell him to come and pick you up so yeah so next thing I knew I had my knickers in a suitcase and I was hurtling up the M5 with a with a strange man that I'd never met before so yeah (laughs) Fearless, fearless connection. It was very scary, but it was actually the first time that we'd ever met in real life. Yeah, it was. And I was tripping over myself to get to you, quite literally, fell out the door um, on that evening and did a Gemma Collins across the floor. Was hoping it was caught on the ring camera, but it wasn't. Um, Did kind of want to cry when I fell over. Anybody else get that? When you fall over still as an adult, it's kind of like you still feel like you want to cry. 
But somebody once told me that when you do fall over, you know, if you're old, people run to help you. If you're still young, they laugh at you. So win-win, they laughed at me as I fell over through the front door. So I'm young, so I'm owning that. It's fine. (laughs) So yeah, off we went to the ball, didn't we? The pair of us. And it was really nice for us to have that connection and that time. And we got to have a couple of pink gins. We're both lightweights. So we only had singles, not doubles. And we did, we had a really, really good evening. We really connected with some amazing people, um, people that we've now introduced to rhubarb and custard as well. Mm-hmm. And that connection has grown, but we got to speak about the connection within your brand. Obviously, we mentioned the retreat last week, which is something that rhubarb and custard, Rosie and I are offering in November. We got to speak about that. And that's why we actually um, brought the retreat together and created it because it was about being connected to your brand. We mentioned this briefly with Danny last week, but we wanted to deep dive a little bit more. Rosie, kick it off. Yeah, so I think, so the thing that struck me last week is we talked a lot about how important it is to be connected with your brand and how you should show up authentically and, you know, create something that is that comes from you, that you feel great in, that reflects you and your personality. But the reality is that's easier said than done. And it's, it's, I firmly believe that it is a roadblock for so many people because particularly like if you're working in a business that has stemmed from something that you're passionate about and something that you love, you're probably just doing what you do and not always giving thought necessarily to how you do it or why you do it or what it is about the way that you show up that brings your clients to you, what it is that other people love about you, what it is about the way you do what you do that makes the difference. But it is those things that make the difference and we need to be aware of them and we need to have that self-awareness and they need to be they need to become intentional. So as much as they're things that we do naturally, they're parts of our personality that we have naturally, we also need to be intentional about them. We need to be able to identify them so that we can emphasize them, so that we can do more of them, you know, so that we can turn them into something that becomes a recognizable part of your brand. So like for Jo, for example, big recognizable part of her brand is pink imagine if she'd never had that thought process and thought I really like pink I'm gonna put it in my brand and make it a recognizable part of her brand imagine if she just like was completely oblivious and clueless to that and trying to create a brand in different colors which is where she started she's nodding at me (laughs) I'm nodding furiously my head's gonna come off because that's exactly what I nearly did and when we spoke about it last week we could have as Rosie said and I love this term we could have I could have branded it in the bin to be honest with you, because it wouldn't have been connected to me. I wouldn't have loved it that much that, you know, I want to show show up in it all the time. I just Mm. want to go back a little bit. You were saying it's just the things we do that make us us, right? But you can't see the wood for the trees when you're in it. So you kind of need to assess your autopilot and you need to unpick your autopilot. What do you do that is naturally you? And you made a really good point last week about saying, ask your friends, ask the clients, why did they choose you? Mm. I think it's very, it's like Rosie said, it's very easy for us to say, you know, just pick out the things that are you. You really do have to unpick them. 
Yeah. Like, well, we said last week, didn't we? Like when, when it came to you and your branding, Joe, it was a conversation with Danny and Danny was like, what's made you successful all this time? And you were like, well, I have, it's my personality. But unless somebody had asked you that question, it might not have come into your head or it might have taken 12 months, 18 months in business before it came into your head. And then you'd have thought, right, I need to rebrand. Like I need to be, like, I'm sure you would have got to that point, but it would have been time wasted by not having that conversation with somebody else. And I really think that branding isn't something, and I say this as a brand designer, having had this conversation with other brand designers, it's not something that is easy to do for yourself. So whether you have a budget to invest in a designer or not, like you need another person. So if that's a brand designer or a brand strategist, perfect. If you don't have the budget for that, in your business there still needs to be another person like you need to find a friend or another business owner or some somebody who knows you and gets you that you can have it's that conversation eyes. with yeah it's extra eyes on you it's almost like if you if you kind of think when you go and try on a dress in a shop right and you've got the front mirror and you're looking at the front mirror but it's not giving you all the angles, is it? It's not giving you everything. I mean, let's face it, mirrors in shops aren't always that flattering unless they're on the slant. Did you know that is an actual trick that shops do? Next time you're in a fitting room, look behind the back of a mirror and I bet you'll find it's closer to the wall at the top and further away at the bottom. They do this. It's an actual selling trick. I find myself always looking behind mirrors in fitting rooms. It's a bit weird, but... Of yet to be proven wrong. Next time you're in a fitting room, you're going to do that and you're going to think of us. You've, but anyway, uh, you've just reminded me of a line from you know that line in Mean Girls where she's like, "You wouldn't buy a skirt without without asking your friends if it looks good on you first, would you?" And she's like, "Wouldn't I?" No. <laughs> you need to look at all the angles. You need to see, you know, where where the flattering bits are, where it doesn't fit you, where it doesn't suit you. Mm. So it's exactly the same. If you can think of that. With I'm, I'm really talking with my hands today. It's a shame you can't see me because they're all over the place. So, But it's really a whole thing that you need to embody. And like Rosie said, if you can't afford a brand designer or you can't afford to work with somebody, then pull some people together to really sit down and write down, make a bit of a game out of it if you want to, you know, what was the best thing about the service? Because yeah. for me, it's my personality, it's my energy. But my energy, to be honest with you, feeds more off the connection to my brand because mm. once I stepped into the pink once I stepped into the self-awareness strategy side of it and the sassy not sorry side of it I came alive yeah it was ridiculous how yeah. and then that continued the momentum continue, continues and it continued to evolve yeah. so really sit down and go through that and you know you might get some harsh you might get some harsh critique, but at least you can put that bit aside and move on from it and go, okay, that's fine. It's what makes you different from everybody else. Yeah. And I think it's important to say as well that we're talking about branding and having a brand that fits you, but ultimately you and your brand are one and the same. It, 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 like, it starts with you it starts with you and who you are particularly if you've got a service-based business and you are what you sell um it starts with you and it's very much starting with who am I what's important to me 
what's my personality like where am I quirky where am I different where am I unique and you are completely unique like it doesn't matter how many people do what you do you are all as like business owners completely completely unique because you all have a different process you all have a different conversation with your clients you know even if you all go to the same coach and you all learn learn your skills in the exact same way you will do them differently and that's where your brand needs to come from it's you first and then your brand or your branding is the visual and verbal representation of that so yeah so they're not two separate entities unless you've got a product-based business which is slightly different because you're branding a product but if you have a service-based business and a personal brand and you are branding yourself you are one and the same yeah it's totally how you show up isn't it yeah and then for me (laughs) that in turn and I did kind of briefly touch on this that then becomes it becomes effortless to sell what you are doing because you're only being you you haven't got to remember any facts or you know certain things you've just got to go and this is where when you really step into it it really makes a difference because if you're still trying to be a little bit prim or a little bit proper or not quite as you are you still will trip yourself up but when you truly step into it and you're just you let it's so freeing it's just why didn't I do this before? Why didn't I look at this before? But like you say, it's so hard. Hence yeah. the reason why I'm really excited about Sweet Treat because having all of us in one space that are all doing the same thing, we're going to have all those people that are enthusiastic to actually pick out those things that they see in the, in, in the people that we're there with. And because it's a first instance as well, we know some of the people that are coming along, obviously. So we've got a good insight. But when these people come together, it's going to be some first opinions as well. They may see some real gems that you did, you've completely forgot or they're just your autopilot and you don't even realise you're doing them. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, definitely. It's it's a really exciting process because it's so, like you said before, it's so freeing and it's just so comforting. And I think, um, I, like I know when I first when I first started my business, I had um, like an ideal client that I wanted to aspire to reach, and I think. I know it hit me and I know it hits other people that we feel like we have to be a certain version of ourselves. And that's what showing up authentically means. It means showing up as a version of yourself, which it absolutely doesn't. Like there couldn't be further from the truth. But we seem to get it stuck in our heads that and whether it's a permission thing, whether it's a confidence thing, I don't know. But we seem to get stuck on that. I need to be a version of me in order to attract the right people. So, for example, if you want to charge high ticket prices, then it's easy to feel like you should be a luxury product um, or a luxury brand. Because when we when we look externally at the, the companies or the brands around us that charge high ticket for whatever industry or market that they're in, they tend to look and feel a certain way like if you buy a premium product you have certain expectations and so we imprint that onto ourselves and think I'm not luxury so in order to charge high-end prices I need to appear 
high end. I need to appear luxury. I can't show up, you know, with my hair messy, with, you know, without a perfect outfit on every single time because I charge high end prices. And that's so not the reality. And that was something that it took me a really long time to get over. And still, every now and again, I still have the little mind monkeys come in and go, mm, is that your price though? Is that your price? Like, have you seen yourself today? Have you, have you brushed your hair this week? No, is that your price then? And like, what's that got to do with it? What's how often I brush my hair got to do with the price that I charge, you know? This is really interesting that you've said this because I am coming up to two years within my business and my prices have recently increased and they've increased because the service and everything that I offer is valid to that and yet there was an offer that um, I put out this week which I'm not going to lie as I put that offer out I had a little bit of sick in my mouth (laughs) and I was like should I be doing this but when you worked out the value of it and what I was giving and my superpower is my creativity and my ideas and it's like the plumber's mate thing isn't it you you know I think well why would people pay for that well the reason I pay a plumber to come in and fix my boiler is because I haven't got a fecking clue Mm. how to do it so you pay that price you pay that premium for that person to come in and do it for you so sometimes I have to remind myself that I do have a skill and I'm offering a service Mm. as for showing up as I am that offer went out with pink writing, grey writing and cartoon character of a fairy godmother in the corner, right? So let's put that in perspective as of a high-end offer because to some people it would be a high-end offer. And when it goes to full price... Well, it wasn't... It, I mean, it wasn't pennies, was it? No, it wasn't pennies at all. And it was a big investment. However, when I, I'm in a, um, a mastermind, like incubator thing at the moment, and when I put it out there... They were like, Joe, that is loads of value. Loads of value came down to permission a little bit, I think. And like, you know, I'm a very godmother. Like I said, I offer permission, but I still need it. It's one of those things. But I was like, no. And do you know what? The interest and people asking me and it's people want to work with me yesterday. I mean, I'm really, I'm really blessed that my ideal clients are really starting to come through thick and fast. And it's not until they really start to come through that you really appreciate who your ideal client is because you're like, oh, I get it now. Yes, these are the people that I really, really want to work with. I had a conversation yesterday with a new client. And in that conversation, we spoke and she she's on a pretty, you know, a, a mission. She really is. She's a bit of a rebel. We were talking about princesses and leopard print coats. I mean, this woman is my ideal client because she's on the same wavelength as me. She's sassy, but she's really serious about what she wants to create and the legacy she wants to do. So don't, I've gone off on a bit of a tangent there, but it's because if I can, this is why I do a lot of what I do and why I get out there with the message. If I can do this, tutu, pink, crowns, and be taken seriously, then please, you know, step out of your comfort zones and step into your own shoes. Yeah, hundred percent. And like, remember that it's like people buy from people. They will what the prices that you charge for the transformation that you provide is yeah. is there in that little box. You are here in this little box. 
the two need to meet because people buy, like I said, people buy from people and they need to like you and they need to want to work with you. So if you're showing up as yourself, if you're showing up in a way that is authentic and talking about what you're interested in and talking about what is important to you, it gives people something to connect with. Once they're connected with you, they're then likely, more likely to see the value in the transformation that you provide and the prices that you charge. But you have to show up as yourself in order to have that connection. There's no point in creating a brand that looks really uh, visually luxurious if you're then trying to show up as something that isn't you because you're not going to connect with them. So the branding and how luxurious it looks is irrelevant because nobody wants it, you know? If you're not, if you haven't got that journey through, that journey through you to your services and your product, you don't really have anything, you know? You can have You've the loveliest branding and you can look professional, but if you then get on a Zoom call and you're like, you're, no there's no, yeah, there's no substance, there's no rapport, there's no connection, they're not going to enjoy working with you and they're probably not going to come back and work with you again or recommend you. Yeah. Um, it's got to do what it says on the tin, hasn't it, really? And it's got to bring that feeling. So we wanted to talk about connection to your brand because it, we we had touched on it last week, but we do recognise that this is a real problem for people, hence the reason we do what we do. Mm. And it's so joyous when they come out the other end, don't they? It really yeah. is like a nurture period. It's um, like- it's like here you are here's you but like on paper in a brand you know here's you this is this is what you look like but in a graphic (laughs) in a graphic but it's important to say it's not just the graphic it's the whole background story of it so that when if you you know if you go and do a talk if you do a workbook if you offer a course you you connect to your message and you connect to you because you've probably spent years being a little bit not you, <laughs> to be honest, what you thought you should be. So you're quite you're not connected to that person, but you're used to telling that BS, for want of a better word, and showing up in mm. that. So when you go through the process and when we do what we do, we really like it really does tear that back, doesn't it? And yeah. you learn about yourself again and you pick up things. You go, oh, my God, yeah, I forgot. I love that. That's what I'm like. And that's when your energy evolves into your business. And that's when, you know, the business evolves and develops. It's, it's a, it is a really, really special process if you take the time to actually go and do it, whether that be with a, with a professional, whether that be on your own. You have to invest that time to actually look at it. Yeah. It's it's very, very important. I can't say it any more than that. It's very, very important. I think the worst thing and the conversation that I have often with people uh, or the feedback that I get often or the, the complaint that I hear often is mostly regarding a logo when it comes to branding and the I've changed my logo so many times, I'm just never happy with it. It's because you're starting in the wrong place. Yeah, you, yeah like forget your logo delete it and just write your name in a font that would be better um (laughs) that's my top tip for anybody that's doing their own branding top tip write your name put it in a box and keep it as simple as possible 
Mm. Don't be adding bits of curly bits here. Don't be adding bits. Just choose a nice legible font. Mm. Put it in a box if you want to. Choose three colours. And then your brand messaging is where you need to do your work. Yeah, go and do the work on the deeper stuff, on the foundations, on the strategy, on who you are and your values and what you're here for and how you're unique and how you're different. Do that. That's way more important. (laughs) When somebody then comes along to speak to you and goes, okay, yeah, so what can you offer me? Well, the reason I can offer you this is because I really believe in this and this is how I want to help you. Mm. And if you can throw in, I always say, if you can identify what your guilty pleasure is, that kind of can become your little thing and anchor to be known by. My guilty pleasure is pink and tutus. I've shared that with the world and the results have been phenomenal. (laughs) It's like, what the hell? Because of the amount of people that have gone, me too. I love that. Yeah. You know, because there are people that are the same as you. No matter what you're like, there are people that are the same as you. And like Danny said last week, she like she shows up like heavily tattooed and people connect with her because they're like, I'm like that too, you know? Like yeah. she shows up in herself, in her personality, in her personal power. Yeah. Um, and people go, Yeah, me too. And instant connection, done, job done. I think our takeaway for today is step into your favourite shoes and own them and walk in them and show them off. Think about what your favourite shoes and why you love them in the sense of, is it because they're energetic? Is it because they're sporty? Is it because they're sparkly? Is it because they're bright? Is it because they're practical? Is it because... Is it your slippers because they're incredibly yeah. comfy? yeah. <laughs> So step into your shoes is what we want to say. And hopefully that has given you some helpful tips and hints on how to just take the time out. If nothing else, I'd just like somebody to listen to this podcast and go, do you know what? I've been looking at my brand all wrong. Yeah. I've been looking at my my um my branding and my business wrong. Like you say, I've started in the wrong place. I've thought it was about a pretty logo. It's actually not. So, you know, think about that. Hopefully we have given you something to think about. If you've got any questions, then send us, um, come and follow us on underscore rhubarb and custard on Instagram. Drop us a message. We will happily discuss any topics that you would like us to. We will be having uh, lovely guests. We've got a cracking one lined up for you next. We've just got to secure the date. The actual guest herself, she's another queen, a queen of something. We're not going to tell you what, so you'll have <laughs> to keep listening. But once we've got that date secured, which Rosie and I are going to do after this, after we've recorded this, we will let you know. So get in touch with us. Also, if you've enjoyed this episode and if you've had some light bulb moments from this episode, feel free to buy us a coffee because we'd massively appreciate it. Um, there's a little link on our Instagram, on the bio on our Instagram, or there's a little link if you're uh, on Spotify or Apple Podcasts listening to this. You can find a little link in the description of the episode as well and you can go and buy us a coffee and that would be fab. And also go and check out the Sweet Retreat because there's still some spaces. You're not going to want to miss this. <laughs> so I guess until next week, until our next episode, it's bye from Custard. And it's bye from Rhubarb. Bye. 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 Bye.